Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling. We are on countdown for the first night of the Tab Constellations at Albion Park. We've had the features at Redcliffe. And the big one this Saturday night at Albion Park is the Aqua Constructions Rising Sun. The inaugural running of this feature, two three-year-olds going up against the four-year-olds. But what a lineup we've got. We've got uh, Expensive Ego, the current favourite with Tab. He was the favourite pre-post. And then uh, once the barrier draw was completed on Monday night, he remains the favourite. He's got to overcome a second row draw. The sole Queenslander in this race on Saturday night is Black Sedance. Trained by Chantelle Turpin, her husband Pete McMullen is going to be taking the drive and he joins us online now. Pete, good morning. Appreciate the time. How are you, Chris? Thanks for having me. Black Sedance, the only runner in this field trained in Queensland. There's a bit of a bit of a buzz about that, a bit of a thrill, a bit of an honour. Yeah, you know, it's all you know, pretty exciting that we are the only Queensland. It sort of, um, you know, it means we've sort of got to go out there and do our state proud. Um, you know, possibly would have been nice to have a few more Queenslanders, but, um, yeah, very good to, you know, be able to be the one to get picked. OK, he's a good quality pacer. There's no doubt about it, Black Sedance. Last week, third behind Expensive Ego, who is the favourite for Saturday night's race. And uh, he was very good. 52, quickest time of the night there on Saturday night. And you took the fight right up to Expensive Ego. Were you pleased with the effort? How's he come out of that race since? Yeah, he was um, You know, he was super there Saturday night. We expected a very good run and um, he, he delivered, you know. Obviously, uh, Expensive Ego is sort of... You know, he, he's such a great horse, and um, you know we really sort of went with him all the way to the finish. So we're pretty proud of our guy, and um, I think it's going to be the sort of perfect sort of you know run for the lead up for this week. Okay, you've got barrier eight. You selected the draw on Monday night. What was the first reaction, the initial thought when you turned around that card and it had number eight on it? What were you thinking? No, I was pretty happy. Um, I sort of went there, sort of probably hoping to get number eight. Um, you know, especially once, once Krug was. Got the, got the barrier one. I, I, you know, I think we're probably in a very good spot. Yeah. It, it seems like this race is going to be run at a really frantic tempo. So being on the fence and following one of the key runners in Krug, that seems like an ideal spot to be in. Yeah, um, I think it's probably ideal. I'm not sure about the pace. I think it's going to be interesting sort of how, how fast the pace sort of is. Um, you know, they've got a, bit of, a few gate speed horses there, you know, horses like Kowalski Analyst. Um so, you know, Cruz can have to sort of really burrow through to hold up. And if he does, we're in a very good spot. And if he, um, if he gets across, well, then we're probably you know, in a little bit of trouble. But at the same time, I think Elwin Park, the place to be is the fence. And if they do run along, I think we're going to be in a very good stalking spot. OK, well, I'm keen to explore this a little further with you. You drive Albion Park probably more than most. You know that track like the back of your hand. How does this race play out? Does Krug have the speed to lead? You've raced against Kowalski Analysis earlier this year in Sydney. How quick is he? How do you think this race is going to play out? Yeah, um, you know, I've got a lot of respect for Kowalski Analysis. I think he has got a lot of gate speed. Um, he's going to go close to crossing, I think. Um, you know, I haven't really had a chance to sort of see how much gate speed Krug's got. So, um, you know, it's going to be tricky for him to hold up, though. And, um you know, Kowalski analyst possibly could even look for a sit. So, you know, the market line may be a bit of shuffling going on, but going around Albion Park all the time, it, it still is a place to be. You know, when you get wide or when you've got to come 
wine and do some work, it makes it hard. It doesn't matter where you are, realistically. It's, um, you know, just sort of harness racing in general. You've got to be on the fence. 52-4 is the current track record for the 2,138 metres held by Bling It On. Do you think that could be in, in some sort of uh, jeopardy there on Saturday night? Yeah, probably depending weather. If the weather's fine and, um, you know, the track's good, I think it could be, you know. It wasn't that long ago that uh, Blackshaw Dance and Willow Wizard sort of went out or weren't too far outside of that time. So, um, you know, it's very doable that this sort of class of horse can do it. Okay. Now, expensive ego. You, you saw him last week uh, up close, and you saw the the power that he possesses. He was so good winning, and copy that. You were in that race last week, and uh, he was just breathtaking the way he led down over the last two hundred metres. How do you think these guys are going to handle their second row draws? Yeah, um, you know, it, it makes it a little bit harder for uh, expensive ego. Um, you know, he, so far we've sort of seen him always put into the race, and we may have to see a new dimension of him this week, but. Um, copy that. He was awesome last week. He was, uh, you know, he actually pushed um, me a little bit wider on Mayman's best there. And we were back at the tail of the field, sort of more or less into the straight, and he was still near last. And, and to be able to win, it was pretty incredible. Mm. So, out of that trio, which one are you sort of leaning towards more? Krug, Expensive Ego, copy that. Uh, they're all great horses, and um, it's going to make a very good race. Krug with the barrier draw has obviously got the advantage, but he is only a three-year-old. So, um, you know, I think it is a big ask, but I think with that barrier draw advantage and his run on the Redcliffe Derby was enormous. So uh, I'm pretty excited just to see what he's going to be able to do. Okay. Now, just with your guy, Black Sedan, so you, you're sort of you're heading along for this race with two, two key chances, Black Sedan, obviously, and Will the Wizard, who you've already mentioned. Was there a preference one over the other? Um, you know, obviously, but they both got you know different traits, and they're both very nice horses. Um, you know, I think they've met 15 times, and Willow was beaten Black to Dance 13 of those times. So, you know, if you look at that, we probably would have liked to have Willow Wizard in there. He probably always seems to want better, but at the same time, Black to Dance, he's um, you know, he can be an absolute powerhouse, you know, and and normally he's the one out doing the work, and this week we're going to be the one that sort of going to have a bit better trip, and if the pace is solid, he could be a bit of a um, wild horse. Mm. In saying that, if Will the Wizard was in the same spot as Black Sedance on Saturday night, just buried away on the inside doing next to no work, what would the confidence levels be like uh, with, with Will the Wizard? Yeah, they'd pr probably would have been pretty high, to be honest. Um, you know, he's, he's sort of shown that, you know, during his chariots campaign, that he can really go with these horses. And um, back on home soil at Elgin Park, I think he would have absolutely loved a trip like that. Okay. Now, he starts in the consolation here on Saturday night. You've got three runners, Big Wheels, Will the Wizard, Adam Crocker. Have you made a, a decision on which one you're going to drive? I haven't locked it in yet. I'm probably leaning towards Will the Wizard. Um, you know, he, he probably looks the best of the trio, but um, at the same time, he, he's probably drawn the most awkward. So, um, yeah, a little, little bit tricky, but all three of those runners, uh, you know, I think they're all more entitled to be there, and I think they'll all race very well. Okay, and just with Will the Wizard, did did he beat himself last week? Did he just get a little bit too keen? Yeah, we probably just set up set up a little bit. You know, the tempo was probably just a little bit too quick for him. Um, you know, pretty solid sort of fractions, and uh, you know, the, the winner had, had a good trip on our back, and he was down in class. And um, you know, as much as we were disappointed to get beat, I still didn't think his run was disappointing at all. 
Okay. She's Mr. Vine, starts in the consolation. You've been with this filly in the past two starts. Feature race victories at Redcliffe. She's got the inside gate here on Saturday night. Is she up for this challenge? Um, it's a bit of a step up, but, gee, she's been huge her last sort of, um, or last five. She's won them all, and you can't take nothing away from her. Um, got the ace draw. She's going to be a... She's going to be a factor in this race, I think, for sure. Okay. Uh, one of the other features on Saturday night is the Fleur de Lille Ladyship Stakes. Two runners for the stable, Miss Ruby Sunshine, Saucy Dreams. Has a decision been made on which mare you drive here? Um, haven't locked it in, but probably go Saucy Dreams. Um, but, yeah, both both runners, are you know, they've been sort of targeted at it. Really happy with both of them. And um, Miss Ruby Sunshine last week were really, really pleased with her run. You know, pretty quick time and... A little bit of pressure, and she was still right there to the end. Okay. Do you expect one of your mares to lead this field on Saturday night? Um, the barrier draws made it a bit tricky for some of the better ones that sort of join it inside us there. But obviously, Miss Ruby Sunshine, she's got wicked gate speed. She's one of the fastest horses out in Australia, so she's going to be up there close. So, and the other mare, obviously, she can um, always work forward and, and goes goes pretty hard at the front end as well. So, um, you know, they're up in class. She, You've got to sort of be, you know, reasonable on how you do it, but they are both go-forward horses. OK, and they both back up next week in the Group 1 Golden Girl? That's the plan. Obviously, they've probably got to race quite well this week to gain a start, but, um, yeah, that, that's the aim. OK. I've got to ask about a few other runners. Uh, the Trotters uh, with the Daryl Alexander Trotting Championship Series continuing this week, round two action. Majestic Simon, were you... Were you happy with the effort last week? He just seemed like he was working into it perfectly and then just hit a flat spot nearing the home turn. Yeah, he was probably right where we expected he was to be. Um, obviously, he'd been racing, you know, in some really strong races, coming off 50 metres and winning, so we sort of purposely gave him a little bit of refreshing up, get ready for the DJA, and um, he takes a little bit of racing, and, um, you know, we, we're sort of aiming towards the final. And we knew he was going to be smidgen off the other night, and... I think it's nearly um, exactly how his run was in um, the DJA last year, first round of heats. He sort of was probably just a little bit playing in the first round and gets better as the series goes on. OK, well, that's good confidence there. And what about Doug? He was a real eye-catcher last week. Uh, you know, blew the start but made up a stack of ground. He trialled again yesterday. What did you think of Doug last week? Oh, um, he was scary good, really. If he had gone away, I think he would have won. Um if he had have even gone away a bit better and been close to pink collars, I think he still would have been a good chance. Um, you know, not it's not often that horses give that much sort of ground and, and still run races like that. Yeah. Well, he certainly looks like he's a, a terrific chance there on Saturday night again. You're, you're in action at uh, at Redcliffe tonight. You've got a really good book of drives. Is there one that stands out more than more than something else there? Um, probably not. Um, you know, got to have a hobby. He's um, racing really well he's drawn bad again but he's um you know once again he's coming from last in recent times and, and and just got beat both his last two starts and that's pretty incredible for around Redcliffe. yeah absolutely pete really appreciate the time best of luck tonight and best of luck on saturday night uh, a lot of great drives there in particular with black sedans and that group one rising sun really appreciate it we'll see you trackside no worries chris thank you
There's Pete McMullen joining us. So he's got a, a really busy week coming up with some really good drives there. And as I said, he's the only Queenslander, uh, only Queensland-trained horse in the race, Blacks Dance, there on Saturday night. A Queensland driver that's competing on Saturday night at Albion Park in the Rising Sun is Brendan Barnes, and he's about to join us now because he's going to take the drive on one of the two three-year-olds lining up in the Rising Sun, cashed up, prepared by Gemma Hewitt. He was able to stamp his ticket with an invitation being locked away last Sunday following his victory on Saturday night. Brendan's online now. Brendan, appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's a big thrill to be driving in a Group 1 race worth quarter of a million dollars, and for you, if you're able to win, there's an extra $100,000 there. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a good part to be a... Uh... Uh, yeah, good to be a part of the first ever Rising Sun and, and to get a steer in that. So, yeah, we're happy to be going around. It's an outstanding field, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which one stands out for you most at this early stage? Out of the big trio of Krug, Expensive Ego and Copy That. The draw's really sort of made an interesting race. I think um, if, if Krug's got the speed to sort of hold up early, he's probably going to be the one to beat but um i'm tipping sort of luke will want to get expensive ego into the race as soon as he can so yeah it's just going to be a really good race and what were your thoughts on copy that last week coming from what seemed like an impossible position just trapped away on the inside and uh, he only really got loose uh, in the home straight and he just motored down the outside what were your thoughts yeah, he said a bit of a statement there, you know, he was sort of sideways for most of the home straight and he didn't really get, get going until probably 100 out once he sort of straightened up and he just he just won it easy. It was sort of a bit Hector JJ like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good comparison uh, in many ways. Uh, now, for, for you on, on, on Cashed Up, Gate 2, did you have a preference? You were either going to get Gate 1 or Gate 2. Was there any sort of thought leading into that barrier draw on Monday night where you wanted to uh, end up? Gate one would have been lovely. Just we sort of could have just sat on the fence and hoped for a little bit of luck. And I think he would have been good enough to probably run top five if, if he got a good trip and a bit of luck. But obviously, gate two, we um, we're probably going to have to rely on a little bit of luck and and to sort of get out in the right time. And um, I'm sure he won't disgrace himself. Do you think it's going to be frantic like most are expecting on Saturday night? That charge into the first turn, Krug driving through on the inside, and a horse like Kowalski and Ellis is going forward. Do you think it's going to be hectic early? Yeah, I think they'll both sort of burn pretty hard and, and then, um, yeah, it'll just be a matter of sort of who settles where and, and sort of when the moves start to come. OK. Now, with Cashed Up last week, he was able to win. It was against his own age group and he, he was able to come through along the inside. He showed that different dimension there last week, sit and sprint. He was really good in his own right there last week because he probably wasn't entitled to win. That second quarter, 33-1, was just awfully slow. So to get up and go, and he's a big frame three-year-old, he did a really good job. Yeah, he did for sure. Obviously, we, we really wanted to hold the lead on um, on Saturday night and sort of see how we go, but he sort of probably buggered himself a little bit. He got really keen behind the gate and, and sort of couldn't really ping him. was just a little bit slow to muster and then got going probably after about 100, but by then, uh, Talent the Spare sort of already got across the spurt. Um, yeah, we're really happy with the way he went and the way he really found the line. Okay. I've got to ask about some of these other drives for you on Saturday night. In the Fleur de Lille Ladyship Stakes, Gerard's Delight. This mare's flying. She just had no luck last week. Yeah, she was absolutely bolting last week, just nowhere to go at all. And, and normally she's quite a lazy sort of a horse. You've got to make her do everything. But she was just, yeah, really keen climbing all over the backs of them. And, and she gets sort of the same draw, but probably looks a little bit better following out sort of a, uh, yeah, a couple better ones this week. Okay. What about the Rock and Roll King? He lines up in a race three. He's got gate two. How do you assess his chances at this early stage? We got a really high opinion of him. We got all the time in the world for him, and um, I think this week we'll have a good look for the lead and and sort of see if if we're good enough. It's an interesting mix that field, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. And we're, we're sort of hoping we can sort of line him up in the um, JC McMullen Memorial in a couple of weeks. So that'll sort of be a good guide for him as to how he can go. Okay. Uh, and the other key runner for you on Saturday night, without doubt, in the Wayne Wilson Paleface Adios Classic is Danger Zone. He's unbeaten. He's three for three. He's taking on some good quality. See him in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, speak the truth, my Alderman Baxter. How do you rate Danger Zone? Yeah, it's a, it's quite a good feel that it'll sort of give us a good guide to, as to sort of um, how the triad's going to play out for us in a couple of weeks. I think he'll definitely be a, a lot better of a horse, a lot sharper for the run. Sort of after this start, he um, probably hasn't had a start in I think about three weeks, and he he gets a lot better sort of with race. And we've seen that Kubrick Classic win how much better he got with them each of those three trials. So I think he'll definitely be a lot sharper for this Saturday night. Okay, so how does that race play out early? Uh, with Teddy Disco drawn one, you're out in five. Sort of where do you want to be going into that first turn? Because you've already proven that he can do work uh, at, at both ends of his races. So how do you want to attack that race early? Yeah, there could be a little bit of speed there with Teddy Disco and I am Sparta. Sort of might, both might try and sort out their position. So we'll just have to play it by ear and, and sort of see. I think... Um, He's, he's not a one-trick pony. He's more than capable uh, coming off the speed, and, and he might even be better coming off the speed. We've only sort of driven him that way once, and he's, his win was super his first ever start. So we we got options with him. We can just sort of drive the races at him as it unfolds. Okay. Does he feel like he's still improving with his track work? Yeah, for sure. We took him into Albion Park on Monday morning for a bit of a hit out, and, and he worked really good. And, um, yeah, so as I said, I think he'll take great benefit from race race conditions on Saturday night. All right. Really appreciate the time. Uh, exciting night coming through on Saturday night, and you're set to play a big hand. So good luck. Enjoy it, and uh, we'll see you trackside. Thanks, Chris. There's Brendan Barnes joining us. So he'll drive cashed up for trainer Jenna Hewitt in that feature, the Rising Sun, on Saturday night. But his other key drive, without doubt, is Danger Zone, who's unbeaten three for three for trainer Jack Butler going around in the Wayne Wilson Paleface Adios Classic there on Saturday night. Darren Clayton is about to join us now. I'll uh, be chatting with Darren on, on Friday in a lot more detail. But uh, just early thoughts, Darren, as I say, good morning. Uh, rising Sun, uh, what were your thoughts following the barrier draw on Monday night? Yeah, morning, Chris. Well, it's uh, I guess it's it's one of those races now. It's it's opened it up to who gets forward to put the pressure on because there's a few horses there. It might nearly open it up for Krug to actually look to take them all the way. Um, the way I sort of look at it to start with, those big guns all off the back line. Kowalski analysis obviously fared probably the the best from his gate, but um, is he up to it first up? To, to get to the front and repel the challenges, well, who knows? It, it's certainly going to be a great battle and um, the favouritism tag being hotly contested at the moment between Expensive Ego and Krug, uh, where that finishes up and who actually comes out on top, it's going to be an absolute belter. Yeah, and just with Kowalski analysis, uh, the fact that he is first up, uh, it, it's a bold, a bold plan by trainer Matty Craven. It certainly is, and, and you've got to respect um, the preparation that different trainers bring their horses on, but um, tr traditionally, it's probably a little bit against tradition. You've got horses that are rock-hard fit. They're expensive ego, sort of four and five runs into his campaign now. Spirit of Louis, three runs in. Copy that. Um, you know, he's only had the one run in Queensland, but he's had a trial to prepare, And but, you know, he, his jewels run and his other form leading into that was not that long ago either. So it certainly is a bold move, but um, as they say, fortune favours the brave.
Yeah, absolutely. Copy that. Uh, thoughts on him last week. Uh, breathtaking taking the Wandai's mate. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic in how he got... Uh, it was almost like... Um, almost, I'm not sure how you would describe it, but the way Anthony Butt right-lined him there in the middle of the straight, it was almost like he turned on at right angles and then charged charged down over the top. It was, it was absolutely breathtaking. And, you know, 13 is, is not ideal, but there's going to be pressure in that race. He gets the right card on really any horse. If he's not too far off them at the top of the straight, he's well well into winning this race. Mm, you know, I'm just starting to think uh, he overcame that poor draw last week. Um, you know, many sort of were prepared to just overlook him because of that draw, the inside of the second row at a mile, and he was buried on the fence four back. But I think he proved last week the barrier draw doesn't seem to be as crucial as probably what is being made of the outside of the second row this week, gate 13. No, certainly not. And, and, and as I say, like, if he's close enough on that turn, he's certainly right in it because knowing... How that how that point to point acceleration that he showed there, he produces that again. Well, he's going to um, certainly be able to power down any of those runners. And you know, again, you look at the spirit of St. Louis. It's a massive step up for him from what we've seen. But again, if you know, you go with what Luke McCarthy said. He's the fastest horse he's driven. Same scenario. He's close enough. He's got that speed, and there's going to be pressure at some stage. Who puts the pressure into the race? That's the big question that I'm trying to work out at the moment. Yeah. We'll talk more about this uh, meeting on Friday when you join us again to go through uh, the, your final thoughts for Albion Park on Saturday night. You need to steer us into a winner for tonight. We've got 10 races coming through at Reckliff, and uh, it's a good quality program. What have you found as the best bet tonight? Yeah, I think we have to be patient for a best bet. I certainly think uh, in the, the first three races, there's going to be three horses there that um, will all start in the red. And I think all three of them are strong chances. So if you if you want to, um, someone who's into a bit of a multi, they certainly look good, those first three races, the favourites. But in terms of a little bit better price, we'd be patient right down the bottom of the card, race 10. I thought number two, Sir Hazen, he's getting close to a win now. He's been runner-up in um, his past two in succession, three of his past five. I thought he gets to the front and he might just sneak away with the prize here. So race 10, number two, Sir Hazen for Peter Gregg. Okay, so we we must be beige in the last race. Race 10, number two, Sir Hazen, the best bet. Any thoughts on a quaddy tonight? Yeah, so Quaddy being races five through eight, I thought in that first leg, um, I was pretty keen on I'll be watching there. Um, so he's number three. Main danger there, number eight, deal breaker, Tom Pay up from Bathurst, taking his first drive at Redcliffe. So we'll go three and eight in that first leg. The second leg, race six, um, I thought this was a chance between one and eight. Press statement gets every opportunity from the gate. And Ringo's a star. He's certainly in good form at the moment. So one and eight in that second leg. The third leg, race number seven. Uh, Naughty in heaven, number four. She looks the leader and can probably take them all the way. Dangers there are numbers five and nine. So four, five and nine in that third leg. And in the final leg, Race eight, uh, despite gate six, Cobbity Castle, he looks too good for those. Uh, good win there last time out at Redcliffe. Phoebe Betts for her mother, Monica Betts, and he looks too tough there. So bringing home with number six only in race eight. Okay, grand total of what, 12 bucks? 
nice and simple. I think, like I said, Chris, those first three races, I think it's a night. If you're a favourite backer, I think you will come out on top tonight. Okay. I like the confidence tonight. The best bet, though, is in the last race. Race 10, number two, Sir Hasm. Start time with the final race is scheduled for 9.26. Darren, as always, really appreciate the thoughts. Keep doing the form. We'll be chatting on Friday morning when we go through all of your thoughts for Saturday night's uh, big meeting, the Rising Sun, the inaugural edition. Appreciate the time today. Thanks, Chris.